This talk was recorded by Insight Meditation South Bay in Mountain View, California. The speaker is Shyla Catherine. For more talks and information, visit www.imsb.org. Mindfulness of the body is one of the most fundamental approaches to meditation. And I think just about any mindfulness course you take is going to emphasize developing an embodied quality of awareness. Because naturally so, this needs to be emphasized because we so often spend our time lost in thoughts. Even during that last meditation, did you find yourself thinking? Did you forget that you were sitting? Did you lose touch with this very simple experience of sitting? But when I suggested, or when you remembered, when I suggested to feel heat, could you feel it? Yeah? Coolness? Pressure? Maybe some point of pressure somewhere in the body? Some sense of resistance or the supported posture? Different than the pressure? Or softness or hardness? Roughness? Did anyone feel roughness? Roughness is a little harder when we're sitting still. We tend to feel roughness when we're moving. You know, you take your shoes off, you walk across the carpet. It might be soft, it's smooth, it might be rough. But we tend to feel it when we're rubbing against something. If you want to feel roughness, just rub you know, your teeth at the top. Maybe there's a little roughness there if you rub your tongue against it. And the opposite of that might be smoothness where you might, the inside of the lip. Can you feel the difference between roughness and smoothness? They're sensations. It's as simple as that. Hardness, heaviness, lightness, softness, smoothness, heat, cold, supporting, pushing. Basic, tangible elements. I've been practicing in some traditional Buddhist meditation systems that emphasize what are called the four elements. And in ancient India, these four elements were conceived of as the element of earth, water, fire, and wind. Earth refers to the solidity of things. That sense of perhaps this body feeling like it's something that occupies space and is somewhat has a mass to it. And as such, it has the properties of earth is to feel the weight of it, the heaviness. You know, just hold out your arm. And I'll just keep talking and you'll start to feel the earth element, right? The heaviness of it. After a while, it's going to start to feel heavy. And if you, you can put it down. And then just wiggle your finger. It probably doesn't feel so heavy. It might feel a little light. There might be sometimes in our bodies we might just wake up and we, oh, you know, we feel so heavy. And other times we might, there might be a lot of buoyancy and we feel quite light. So the mind itself can sometimes feel light and heavy and the body can sometimes feel light and heavy. So, Part of the earth element is this aspect of heaviness, lightness. Lightness is really just the less heaviness in this system. Then we have hardness. Do you feel any hardness in your body? If not, 
Just press your teeth together for a moment. Okay, that might be pushing, but it's also you can feel hardness or just feel your nail. It's kind of hard. And internally, we can sometimes even just tune into a sense of the skeleton and sense that the bones are actually harder than the intestines. They're softer. And sometimes in the quietness of meditation, we can tune into subtle aspects of the body and feel differences of hardness and softness. And softness is conceived of as less hardness. Another aspect of the earth element. Then we have the roughness and the smoothness aspect of the earth element, which I already spoke about. These six characteristics are not esoteric qualities that you only will know if you've sat in a cave meditating for 12 years. We all know them, right? So the discerning or the recognition or the knowing of the earth element is something that we can do anytime. And it's bringing ourselves in touch with some specific aspects of the body. We also know the fire element, don't we? Heat and cold. If you didn't feel any heat at all, just hold your hands together. And after a few minutes, you'll start to feel some warmth there. Or even better yet, just put your your hand under your armpit and you'll feel some warmth there. Or in the back of your neck, under your hair, if you have long hair. You know, there's ways we can just, if we're not tuned into physical sensations, there's ways we can start to learn to be, to try to find it. And then once we find it, we can then start to look for that in other places. Some people have come to meditation and are quite disconnected from the body because they just have never paid attention to that realm. Other people, like athletes, performers, will be very attuned to their body and the slightest change and shift will seem very vivid to them. Some people will be very attuned to their emotions and other people won't be. There's things that we each of us have developed a sensitivity or a clarity towards and there are other aspects of our experience that we might be less familiar with. So tonight's session is focused on the body. Oh, there was one other characteristic that I wanted to emphasize, the wind element. The wind element is the pushing and the supporting, the pushing and the supporting. We might feel that very much in the posture. If we're not supported, we'll collapse down. But nevertheless, there can be this pushing, this movement. We might know that when we just kick our foot forward or when we reach any kind of movement is the wind element where there's a pushing. But sometimes we feel that in the body through various kinds of tightness, tension, pressure. We might feel it in digestion. There's a pushing through the the intestinal tract. There's a gas. If you ever have gas, you can feel the, the gas sometimes pushing, cramping. All of that's in ancient India was conceived of as aspects of the wind element. So these are the tangible elements that we can feel, earth, fire, and wind. But I said there were four elements, didn't I? Do we feel water element? 
How do we feel water element? Liquidity, fluidity. Okay, so the saliva, can you feel that? Interestingly, it's not a tangible element. We know it, we discern it. There's no question, that's liquid, right? That's watery. But what we're actually feeling is a combination of pushing and changes of weight, the heaviness as you turn of the water, the changes of temperature. The sensitivity in the body is sensitive to the earth, the wind, and the fire element, but not so much to the water element. And yet we can know it. So when we work with the body in meditation, we're not only working with the tangible qualities because we're not only feeling it through the body, we're also knowing it with the mind. And because the mind and the body are always occurring together, intertwined, we can know the water element as well, the fluidity of things. Fortunately, because we have a lot of water in this body, (laughs) And there's no place in this body where there's only one element. They always arise together. Earth, water, fire, and wind. It's a part of every aspect of materiality. We might say that the saliva has more water, has has a dominance of water element. But actually there is a mass to it, isn't there? There is a weight to it, earth element. There is a temperature to it, fire element. We might say that the bones are primarily earth element, but actually if there wasn't water there, it wouldn't hold together as a bone structure. The water element is not only the liquidity, but also the cohesion that holds things into a form. Like when you bake bread, you have all this flour and you mix it with water and you knead it together And that helps those particles of flour cohere. So that cohesive quality is conceived of in ancient India as part of this water element. This property of water is both flowing and cohesion. So at the time of the Buddha, they understood materiality and the body as being composed of these four elements with these 12 characteristics. The 12 characteristics are hardness, roughness, heaviness, softness, smoothness, lightness, flowing, cohesion, heat, cold, and supporting and pushing. All of these can be known with the mind, with our perception, and in our own body. Those are called the internal elements. When we see them in others, or discern them in others, or know them in others, or sense them in others, it's called the external elements, as well as the elements in the carpet, in the paper, in the walls, in the pictures, in the glass, in the trees, in the roses, all external materiality, external elements, which also we can be mindful of, we can be aware of, we can observe and know. So as we develop mindfulness of this body, we can also extend the knowledge that we have of how this body operates to how others operate, how others function, and how the world, what composes the world, what's the materiality of the world. The Buddhist tradition is not intended to be a kind of a physics 
Of course, our science and physics doesn't follow the same system of these ancient elements. But I rather enjoy working with these four elements, partly because it's, it's not too complex a system and there's something that we can actually feel. But also because they lead to a particular understanding. And what do we understand most predominantly about the body when we observe it? Have you had any insights about the body as you feel hardness and heaviness and smoothness and roughness? What insights have you had? I'd much like to hear some. Please. It changes. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Did you see it changing? Yeah, yeah, I see a lot of people nodding their heads. The, and the perception of change, it leads to something. When we're observing change, what does that lead to? What's, why is that an important thing to notice? The impermanence. Okay, so we understand impermanence. Now, but when we understand impermanence, what does that lead to? Letting go. Exactly. When we see that it's impermanent and it's constantly changing and there's nothing we can do about it, we can say, body, do not change. Well, maybe, body, do not get sick, do not get old. It doesn't work. Then what do we let go of? We don't let go of the body. No, no, we still live in this form. But we let go. And what we let go of is the misperception that sees it as something that it isn't, that sees it as something that we think we can control, that we think we can own, possess, or identify with. We let go of the body as a field for claiming, I am this. And so we live taking care of our bodies, living within this field of sensory experience, but without that extra attachment that causes so much suffering. When we are attached to this body and forget that it changes, and to think that we have control over it, then instead of just being sick when we're sick, we'll be humiliated, embarrassed, right? Because we'll feel like we lost control. Well, you never had it to start with, nor does anybody. (laughs) Nor does anybody. And so being aware of the simple aspects of earth, water, fire, and wind within this tradition is oriented to lead us to a relationship to the body that sees it's impermanent, that recognizes we can't control it, and it is not who and what we are. It is not self. It is not possessible, not controllable, not I, not mine, not really eternally mine. Of course, we're the only one who actually cares about our bodies and cares about the health and needs to be the one. Nobody can exercise for us. Nobody can take care of our nutrition or our sleep. We have a certain responsibility to it. But we shift this sense of I so that it doesn't land so strongly on this body. We learn to let go. Were there other insights that I didn't already mention? Shannon. Okay, so she's saying she realized when she was meditating that the air was expanding the chest rather than the muscles forcing the chest to expand. Yeah, as we observe the body, we can start to notice what is conscious effort 
and what are we experiencing as a consequence of what's of a flow and an experience that's naturally happening, naturally occurring. Please. So she's asking what to do if, if she's already very, very sensitive to what's going on in her body, what's going on in her emotions, and sensitive to the impact of being around other people, their energies, their emotions, their experiences. And one of the things we develop with mindfulness, and this starts with mindfulness of our own bodies, but it will be emphasized more with the feeling, which we'll work with as the topic next week, mindfulness of feelings, is we're not only developing a sensitivity, but we're developing a wise relationship to our experience. And that wise relationship, when we're highly sensitive then the wise relationship is usually to emphasize equanimity. You know, to find a way of finding balance. That's one of the reasons I actually love practicing with our friends in the next room. Because we can hear all those sounds and we can develop a kind of equanimity that doesn't have them disturb us. Well, I had the experience of going to Asia to practice and there was no quiet there. I mean, even in the monasteries, there would be loudspeakers. In India, there was no quiet anywhere I went. (laughs) Honks and horns and this and that. I mean, it was just noise everywhere. This is the quietest place I have ever meditated, with the exception of certain retreat centers in the United States. So quiet is not a certain absence of sound, isn't actually a necessary requirement but what is our relationship to what's occurring and it can be very helpful to drop the attention into the body to notice where our attention is pulled naturally we will be observe sounds because as animals that's part of you know like the little cats they even sleep with their ears up I think we can't help that as animals but to tune into what's around us just to discern what You know, it could be a danger, a threat, or something that we want. You know, there's just that little aspect that I think is very deeply within us. But I find all that I have to know is whether it's my business or not. You know, is that affecting me? Is there something I need to do with it? Is it really calling me out to attend to it? Or is it really, it's not my business. So music out there, conversation out there... Those are fine. They're known. They're not my business, so it doesn't distract me at all. It's a little bit different if somebody's right here talking to me. (laughs) Then it feels like it's, it's my business, or if it's something that enters into this space, because when I'm teaching here, I feel responsible for this space. Then I'm really like attentive to it. But we set certain boundaries, and I think when we're very sensitive or when we're in a place where there are things that are intruding upon what we might have conceived of as our focal point, then we have to learn to set certain boundaries. And different people have different, I think, physical sensitivities, where we actually are physically more sensitive. And some people are more emotionally or mentally sensitive. And so that sensitivity can be a great asset if we can put the boundaries around so that we're not overwhelmed by them and learn what to let in and what to, to just keep rolling off us, you know, just let it be the background sound. I was practicing this summer at a retreat center that one would say is very quiet, 
But if you listened and you incorporated the sounds of the bugs, it was not quiet. I mean, the volume of sound was there. It was just that they were mostly bugs. But the volume of sound, I mean, whatever the decibel was, some of them were really, really, really loud. I mean, you've been around loud bugs, haven't you? Some of them are quite impressive. So interestingly, the sensitivity of the ear, the nose, the eye, the tongue, according to Buddhist psychology, actually does not register pleasant or unpleasant feelings. The body registers pleasant and unpleasant, but the eye, the ear, the nose, and the tongue don't. They register only neutral feeling tone. But the mind immediately decides whether we like it or don't like it. And so we interpret it as pleasant or unpleasant. So So we can start to notice how do we interpret things. On this retreat, I was at somebody, one of the people who were giving, the teachers who were giving Dharma talks used the example of a friend of his who heard this, you know, was building this house, this structure with the basement or redoing something in the basement and there were some, some herons on the property. And shortly after he moved in, he heard this chirping from the basement and, and had the thought that herons had set up a little nest there. So he was really, really happy every time he heard this little chirp, chirp, chirp from the basement, thinking that the herons were... Um, we're making the nest. Sometime shortly after that, he had a workman, had to go do some work down there, and he called up the stairs and asked, hey, your smoke alarm is chirping. Do you want me to change the battery? <laughs> and so as soon as the perception of it changed, of course, it had to be fixed. It was, of course, now something that would be annoying, <laughs> also dangerous if it had to. But still, you can see that the sound isn't the issue. It's the interpretation of it. So sometimes, if you're very, very sensitive, actually the, it's a physical impact that's happening. And if it's a physical impact, then the body is actually registering it as painful because the body can register the pain. You know, like if you're very, very physically sensitive and the ear. But, um, but very often it is the mind interpreting it. And so you can sort of reduce the reactivity by working with the mind, setting the boundaries, and then enduring or adjusting what you need to when it's actually the sound waves pounding against the ear, which sometimes happens. And some people only experience that physically when they're like around loud music, and some people who are very sensitive will experience it around other, you know, just simple activities and things. What I'd like to do for the last 20 minutes is another meditation. But because you've been sitting and will be focusing on the body, in case you're sore or tired, I want you to just stand for a minute and shake out the legs, shake out the hands, bounce a little bit, wave a little bit, touch your toes if you have space and if that's comfortable, and just move in whatever way you want for a minute or two, and then we'll just settle and sit. Are you noticing the wind element, the movement? Are you noticing the changes in the heat? Actually, while you're standing, slowly see if you can lift one foot as though you were going to walk and sort of like step walk in place. 
and see if you can discern all the elements or at least the tangible ones. Can you notice any heaviness or lightness? Usually the heel when I lift it feels light, but after I hold the the foot in the air it feels heavy. And it feels heavy when I put it down, start to put it down. Feel that. Can you feel any softness or hardness? Maybe you feel the hardness of the floor. Maybe there's a softness of your shoe or your sock. Can you feel the wind element when you push the foot forward, the movement? And if there wasn't a supporting aspect, as we push the foot forward, we would keep going forward and forward and forward and forward. But actually there's something that's, there's a stopping motion, a supporting, a resistance as we drop the foot down. And heat and cold, you might feel changes in the temperature of the feet as you're stepping. Walking meditation is one of the wonderful ways of feeling these elements. Well, let's settle for the meditation. So I'd like to guide you through a body scan with an emphasis on the elements. Actually, it will be multiple body scans with emphases on the elements. So first, just let the mind rest in the body. Feel yourself sitting. And let the attention be broad enough to feel the whole body in the posture that you've taken. So for a moment or two, we just relax in the sitting posture. We let the mind meet the sitting posture. And then to begin the body scan, we bring the attention to the top of the head. And I want to move through the body first feeling hardness and softness. You might sense within your head places that are hard like the skull or the teeth. and places that are particularly soft, like the tongue, the brain. You might discern this softness and hardness, sometimes through the tangible, actually feeling it. And sometimes it might simply be a reflection, a sense of knowing that that part is soft, that part is hard.
And of course there's a broad continuum where there's a sense of both hardness and softness depending on where we place it on the continuum. Either way, it's the earth element. And then bring the attention to the hardness or the softness in the throat and the shoulders. Feel the arms and hands. Feel the chest, the back, the belly, the torso. Parts that are hard and parts that are soft. And feel the legs, first one and then the other, from the hip down to the toe, sensing the hardness of the bones, the softness of the flesh. And then we'll work our way back up the body, sensing the heaviness or the lightness of various parts. Also an aspect of the earth element, feeling the heaviness or the lightness in the feet and toes. In the calves and thighs, feeling the legs together. Feel the heaviness of the lightness in the pelvis, the belly. The torso. Some organs might be heavier or lighter. You might feel the heaviness on an in-breath. Feeling that heaviness or lightness in the hands, the arms and the shoulders, simultaneously the right and the left side. This 
manifestation of the earth element in the neck, the face, the head inside, as well as outside, heavy, light. Maybe the eyelashes are light and perhaps the skull is heavy. And then to feel the roughness and the smoothness. We might experience rough or smooth anywhere in the area of the head. And the neck and the shoulders. The arms and the hands. Can you find anything rough in the torso, anything smooth in the body, outside the skin, inside the organs? Sensing roughness or smoothness in the pelvis and hips. in the left leg, down to the toes, and then the right leg, down to the toes. These characteristics are natural parts of aspects of materiality of the body. But they're nothing that we can totally control or genuinely own. They're not self. They're not who and what we are. And so we observe the earth element through any of these characteristics as we draw our attention through both feet through both legs, feeling the earth element. Hardness, roughness, heaviness, softness, smoothness, lightness, through the pelvis, the torso, the back, the front, the inside, earth element, not self, not mine, just the manifestation of the earth element, this body as an aspect of matter, the hands, the arms, the shoulders. the neck, the face, the head, earth, solidity, 
matter, materiality. Nothing to cling to in this body. We can let go. And simply know the body as earth. Then we can feel the fire element, heat or coolness anywhere in the head. Notice the area of around the eyes inside the nostrils, inside the mouth, feeling temperature. Drawing the attention through the neck, the shoulders, feeling temperature through the arms and hands. Heat or cold in the chest, the belly, the back, the torso, at the level of skin, but also the internal organs. Can you feel heat inside the body? Heat in the digestive tract. Feel heat or coolness through the legs and down to the feet. The fire element. Another aspect of materiality that we can know, that we can be aware of. but is not subject to our total control. It's constantly changing, impermanent, not mine. And then we can draw our attention up from the feet again. Now, looking for the wind element. Do you feel any pressure, any pulsing, any vibration? Any sense of supporting? What about in the hips or the pelvis? You might feel the breath in the torso, throughout the whole torso, the front, the back, the sides, inside, outside, wind element, movement, pushing. Let the attention meet this sensation of pushing. the sensations of breathing, 
But as you look into the body, you might also feel the wind element of the blood pulsing through the body, of the heart beating. A subtle vibration as parts of the body push up against each other. Nothing is fixed or static in the body. There is movement. Feel this wind element movement through the hands and arms. You might feel a pulse there, the blood moving. Through the shoulders and the neck, through the face and the head. property of wind movement. Always changing. And then we'll move the attention back down the body, this time observing the water element. First the fluidity, the liquidity, the sense of water You might even sense the brain, the tongue, the the skin saturated with water and fluids. The shoulders, the arms, suffused with liquid the blood moving through the body. Sense the liquidness, the water, the wetness of the organs through the torso. There's a lot of liquid in the digestive system. But there's wetness throughout the whole body, the water element. Sense, perhaps imagine, the wetness through the left leg. the fluids around the joints, the oils that allow that movement to be smooth.
all the way down to the feet. And then the left hip all the way down to the left foot or the right, the other one. And then as we bring our attention back up through the body, both feet. Now feeling the cohesion. The bones take shape. They hold together. The muscles cohere. Even at the cellular level, there's cohesion. Draw the attention up through the legs to the hips. Cohesion. And sensing the cohesive property of the water element throughout the whole torso. Though there's fluidity, the skin doesn't is still distinct from another other parts the organs are still distinct they hold together sense that fluidity and the cohesion throughout the torso the hands the arms There's wetness of the flesh, but there's still a cohesion to it, cohesiveness. The shoulders, the neck, the throat. The mouth and face, the head and brain. Wetness, fluidity, cohesion discerning the water element as an aspect of matter, not self, just matter, this body. And then let the attention be broad enough to encompass the whole body sitting, earth, water, fire and wind sitting Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.